When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, hello everyone, and welcome back to None But the Brave, a part of Evergreen Podcasts. I am Hal Schwartz, and as always, I'm here with my great buddy Flynn McLean. So, Flynn, we got an archive to discuss. Yes, we do. Boston, August fifteenth, uh, two thousand twelve, Fenway Park. It's a. I really like it. It's a hell of a show. I know it's one that a lot of people have been clamoring for in, in this series, and and we got it, and I'm enjoying it. I am enjoying it too. It's it's really quite a show. Now, neither of us were at this show, correct? Yeah, I know yeah, I, I was thinking it's one, it's one of the few shows from the reunion era in the United States that neither you and I have attended as part of the Nug series. We did have some friends there, people who've seen quite a number of the Springsteen Stadium shows that have taken place in the United States. And there really haven't been that many, if you think about it. There was the full tour in 1985 and then a couple of months in 2003 and small batches of shows in 2008, 2009, 2012, pretty much all in the Northeast. So there really haven't been that many stadium shows in the U.S. But what people did tell us, whose opinions we respect, that they felt that this was perhaps the best stadium show he ever played in this country. Okay, I I, I can totally see that. Um, I remember describing this at, at one point. I forget whether it was for my website or something else or maybe for Backstreet's. I called it the best European stadium show Bruce ever played in the United States. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to stay by that comment. Uh, there's definitely a European feel, uh, especially you know, opening up with that Thunder Road that he had not done in the States, but he had done in Europe a few times earlier that summer. And I thought it the craziness of the first five, five or six songs on, yeah. on the show, where's you really didn't know what was coming. <laughs> and that was something that, that really happened in Europe. I mean, you saw it in Paris in 2012. Yes. Uh, we saw it in God. We heard it in Gothenburg, heard it in Helsinki. And this is another example of really the first five or six songs. You didn't know what was coming before we take care of our own. And that's just a, that was like the highlight of the show. Yeah, and that certainly marked that second night in Paris as well, which I think was the first time he had a real big run of songs before he got to We Take Care of Our Own. By the way, Chris Phillips, that's at least a couple of shots. <laughs> Actually, I think it was his brother John who wrote that one. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, and, well, uh, John, you're 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 into at least two or three shots by now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, John, uh, the review on Backstreets.com of the of the of the Boston show included a reference to us and how we always seem to mention Hartford 2000 or Paris 2012. So, uh, go go read that and then come back and play the drinking game along with John. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Anyway, there's there's so much great stuff in the show. You you noted the Thunder Road opening, which had been done. I think it was in Hyde Park about a month earlier. Well, it was the Paul McCartney curfew breaking show. <laughs> another show that could actually be released from 2012. Well, let's face it. They really and we've said this before, they could release the entire 2012 tour. The shows are that unique and that good. Oh, and, they totally and they have and they have them. <laughs> which, <laughs> Oh, I totally agree. And I, I would extend it to 2013, too. Um, I mean, there are some tremendous, unusual shows in Europe uh, 
that spring. And then, of course, you know, in Australia, when you had Tom Morello and you had the, the genesis basically of the high of the High Hopes album. Yeah. And, but anyway, and let's thing, go back to Boston. <laughs> yeah. One thing I want to note from this show early on, the girls in their summer clothes is really a treat. And, and that's not something that I think a lot of people look to uh, for as a special treat in a Springsteen show. It worked okay, I think, on the Magic Tour. It got better as the as the tour went on. But this night, uh, maybe it was coming out of the other summer songs. Obviously, they didn't really know it, so it was a little ragtag. He really got a spark on that one that really surprises me. Well, I got two comments on that. The first is that the arrangement, he started off just just him and his guitar. Mm-hmm. So just in that way, the, the arrangement was much different than it was in, uh, in 2007, 2008. And the second thing is, is that as he referenced in, in, well, introducing Thundercrack a little bit later, this is Boston. They They know his material. They're not the 75 to 85 glory days, so to speak. They know the catalog. Yes. And they certainly did. I mean, uh, the cheering when Prove It All Night started, I, I was surprised by that. When, just hearing the first few piano notes of the intro and people were already digging it. That's an epic version of the intro. Perhaps one of the best ones since they started doing it again. Uh, yeah, they nailed this one. And coming out of Frankie, it was just so... Such a tremendous segue right there between those two songs. And a very fiery version of Darkness that followed Prove It. But I don't want to skip over one of the most important songs in the show. <laughs> you which want to knock is on the, some wood? Yeah. Oh, my, man. They really nailed that. And as he said at the end of the song, when you get that thing going to the right <laughs> tempo, it really works. And, and it worked. It, I, it yeah, was, I was going to say, I thought it worked here very, very well at the horns, the sound that they really come come through on the recording. They're just right there. They hit such a sweet spot. And I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard the Eddie Floyd version now. But wasn't this like a disco hit in the late 70s by a, a woman singer? Was it Diana Ross or Donna Summer? Oh, Didn't I'd they, have to look that up. I don't remember. Because that's where I feel like I, rem- I remember this song. And um, and if we're if we're gonna be uh, fact checking Bruce on the show, there are two. He got two facts wrong. <laughs> that of course we're gonna point out because that's what we do. Knock on wood had been done with uh, the E Street Band in '76. That April, is true. April 29, 1976, uh, with Eddie Floyd on it. And then Frankie was actually written in the summer of '76 as well. So he he said it was uh, seven summer of '78 uh, when intro introducing the song, but it was '76. Yeah, I was actually a little thrown by that myself. I was like, is, is he right about that? But you're now telling us that he was not. Well, he he, he did Frankie in the, on the 76 tour. Right, that's true. <laughs> so, well, that's okay. He's, uh, he's allowed to misremember by a couple of years here and there. Yeah, the other thing that I loved in this show, the who'll stop the rain as it started pouring into rocky ground is just sublime. It's got to be... One of the best versions of Rocky Ground, perhaps the best, although mm-hmm. I think that one's probably still the version done at Jazz Fest where he worked in When mm-hmm. the Saints Go Marching In. Yeah, that was that was a tremendous one as well. But the way I think this is the only just the only acoustic version that he's ever done of Who'll Stop the Rain. Actually, no, because the show in Munich I saw in that crazy night a year later when it was like 25 degrees out. <laughs> He opened that show with a different arrangement, but he opened that show with an acoustical stop the rain. Okay. 
All right, but you're right. It does segue just perfectly into into rocky ground. And the rest of the encore is really solid. You got the Detroit medley. You got a really good version of quarter to three. This is mm-hmm. this is a quality show. Very, very much so. And American Land that really stood out for me when I heard it today. With not only did they, they have Ken Casey of the Dropkick Murphys uh, joining on vocals, but it was just a felt like felt like it was a very tight, direct straight version of the song it didn't and it didn't have a lot of the didn't have the band intros which to me kind of i mean made it tighter and that was something that that really i really enjoyed yeah just from beginning to end a a really strong listen and and the third month in a row with a really good archive now obviously i'm not going to put this one up there with (laughs) a2285 or 71 78 but this is a really really quality show i I was i saw on backstreets that someone was saying that the holy trinity of shows from 2012 was this one gothenburg and and john get ready to take another shot paris night two (laughs) and now we've got two of the three i certainly hope they're going to get to the other one what i will say and this was a show as we said we were not at I was also not at Gothenburg. That show, when I listened to it, that show was really quite unbelievable in a way I don't think I comprehended when originally listening to the fan base bootlegs. The official release through Nugs on Gothenburg really is outstanding. And and I got to say, not that we have to compare the two, but I will. I, I do think that Gothenburg, with especially with the where the bands are into backstreets that is he was cooking in the summer of 2012 especially in europe and and this is probably one of the few shows that he really captured that european feel in the united states certainly i didn't feel it was there when we saw the shows a couple of weeks later in philly <laughs> no those uh those philly shows were started off with good intentions but didn't quite didn't quite get there with the way that that this one did that's for sure Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hopefully we will get that third show, the July 5th, 2012 show in Paris. That would seemingly be the other 2012 show that absolutely has to be released. There are other shows that we've discussed from the fall, especially the Nebraska show that hopefully at some point will emerge. But as as we know, they're going through them slowly. So, yeah, my uh, I have some some hope right now uh, between this is the second Wrecking Ball show we've gotten this this calendar year and. It kind of gives me hope. We'll hear Paris, and then we'll hear Cardiff 2013, and within the next 12 months, that would that would certainly work for me. And then I'd be done with the tour. <laughs> As we know, they're probably going to focus on these tours. Well, especially post 2005, when we know they have everything, the variety and the quality of the shows in 2012 really are on a much higher level than say 2009. That's that's just a fact. Now, <laughs> I, I feel like perhaps the Magic Tour has been overlooked a little bit at times, but they're also working their way through extremely good shows on the Magic Tour. And there are certainly, what were the last ones were what? Greensboro? Yeah. 
in Tampa. So yeah, those are two high high quality shows, and I'm it's kind of surprised they haven't gone to Europe 2008 just yet. I think that one there'll be some good ones there, especially right around July 4th. I think they were in what Stockholm or yeah. Gothenburg at the well, time. Well, the Magic Tour has a number of shows. They they haven't done anything from the fall of 2007 other than Boston, right? And Nashville, of course, is hanging out there, right? So there's. On some of these tours, particularly 2008 and 2012, there are quite a number of high-quality shows that they're going to be able to draw on in the future. It'll be interesting to see what they draw from the next time in 2009 because it doesn't seem like there's that much there. <laughs> well, I think, as far as I'm concerned, they can just focus on the completing the album set and do and do Cleveland, like, Cleveland 09, uh, the Born to Run night, and then... October, I always forget it, whether it's 13th or 14th from Philly where, when they did Darkness. Is that the night they did What Love Can Do? It's exactly this. That's yeah, it, yes. That's the 14th, yeah. Yeah, okay. So release those two shows, and really, I don't know what else from, from 2009 really needs to be needs to be released. So, and I, and I think the betting money now is the September release will be probably from Devils and Dust. I, I mean... The the timing works. I haven't heard anything. So, but the timing does work. And, uh, you know, after these, I mean, I would consider this one a pretty big show in the overall scheme of things. And I was kind of surprised it just came two weeks after Giant Stadium, which is obviously a huge one. Uh, I was kind of thinking they would let the Giant Stadium one kind of marinate for a while and everybody's everybody's players. But uh, but yeah, I think uh, kind of take a breather with a with a solo acoustic show from 2005. Yeah. Now, before we wrap up this mini episode, there is one other thing to quickly touch on, and that is that Tom Morello has released a single that both Bruce and Eddie Vedder appear on. It's a cover of Highway to Hell, which, of course, all three of them did when they were in Australia in 2014, as you were saying, when Morello was in the E Street Band. So what did you think of that one? I actually really liked it. Bruce is uh, Bruce is wailing on it. There's no holding back on his vocals here. And I'm I'm wondering I haven't done an A B comparison, but I'm wondering if if they just took Bruce and Eddie's vocals from from that live performance in 2014 and just laid down the studio stuff uh, right around it. I saw someone say now I have to go back and check, and I guess it would be in Aniello's Instagram, but that Aniello said that he recorded Bruce new for this, and if that's okay. true, his vocal is outstanding and would dispel any kind of concern that he. <laughs> He will have issues if they tour with a rock band next year. Yeah, his he sounds so phenomenal on this one, and yeah, it's it's going to be my new warm up track. It, it's a good track. Uh, it, there's some quirks to it. I, I'm not sure if I understand sort of the scratchy AM radio <laughs> intro for the first 20 seconds. I think it's like kind of cool, but I'm also like, why is that on there? Why doesn't the song just start normally? Yeah, and then Morello's solo is just bonkers <laughs> true it's i mean you really don't even hear morello's influence on it until until that solo kicks in yeah i mean up to that point it just sounds like you know bruce and like bruce and pearl jam rocking out yeah and it, it you're right it, it it rocks and and i've cranked that thing a couple of times so and i'm gonna probably listen to it more definitely a good workout song to be sure definitely and with that, let's wrap up our little mini episode here. We'll be back next month, hopefully with a review of the September archive. And shortly after that, probably later in September or early October, we're going to come back with season three of the show. And 
hopefully we're going to have some really cool stuff to talk about. Definitely the no nukes. Who knows? Maybe some tour info, maybe some other stuff. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> Let's keep our fingers crossed for for any any or all of that. Hard to believe just to even consider. And obviously now things are a little murky again with the virus. But the idea that there could be an East Street Band tour and maybe six or eight months would be really cool. Yes, it would. That would be phenomenal. It would yeah, be a nice little kick, kick in the pants for our energy. That's for sure. So everyone, keep your fingers crossed, and uh, I'll finish with our usual spiel. None But the Brave is a presentation of Bull Market Entertainment. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. If you want to interact with us, please find us on Twitter at MBTB Podcast or on our website, nonebutthebravepodcast.com. So for Hal Schwartz, I'm Flynn McLean, and Oh, Hal, we forgot something. <laughs> What's that? Um, Jessica Springsteen won, uh, won silver at the Olympics in, in, in equestrian jumping. That is it's so awesome. Congrats to Team USA. Congrats to Jessica and her teammates. Congrats to all our athletes. Yes, and uh, it's all those getting to that level of competition is always a family event so or family endeavor. So congratulations to, to Bruce and Patty on it as well. Yeah, amazing. So, and uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.